An A to Z of Believing, From Atheism to Zealotry, written and presented by Dr. Ed Kessler, Founder Director of the Wolf Institute. Program 22, V for Violence. It's my conviction that nothing enduring can be built on violence. Mahatma Gandhi. Violence in the name of religion has been an enduring feature of religious history and life from ancient times to the modern day. But does religion cause violence or is it simply exploited by those who use violence to achieve their own, often political, ends? It's a confusing picture. The latest report by the think tank Theos shows that 61% of the UK public believe that the teachings of religions are essentially peaceful, but 70% also think that most of the wars in world history have been caused by religion. The two opinions are not necessarily contradictory, but the picture is complex. And to add to the confusion, the popular science author Steven Pinker argues that violence has declined over time and we are far less likely to die violently in the Western world than any previous generation. Yet, the latest surveys show that violent crime is increasing. Stabbings in London in 2018 were at a record high and concern about violence in the United States, particularly amongst young people, is also at record levels. Not that there is anything new in public concern about violence, it seems to have been going on for years. But recently the pace of it has accelerated along that road. Admittedly, George Orwell's apocalyptic prediction has not yet come to pass, but his warning, if you want a vision of the future, imagine a boot stamping on the human face forever, is a vision too near the truth for comfort. So what is the role of religion? First, we should accept that violence is often carried out in the name of religion. In Israel, for example, there is a marked increase in religious intemperance, abrasiveness and aggressiveness. This has been fueled by a lethal combination of Jewish radicalization, nationalistic chauvinism and political demagoguery. Ugly religious extremism is raising its head. And it's clear that a battle is being fought amongst Israeli Jews over expressions of Jewish radicalism, intolerance and religious violence. Elsewhere, we see a similar picture. In May 2017, an Indian Muslim farmer, Ghulam Mohammed, was lynched in the state of Uttar Pradesh. Four men from an extremist Hindu group were arrested for his murder. They suspected him of helping a young Muslim neighbor elope with a local Hindu girl which religious nationalists term a love jihad, that is, an attempt to convert Hindus to Islam through marriage. Like Israel, the political religious landscape in India has shifted to the right in recent years, and everything from what one eats or who one loves is politicized and used to polarize. Believe it or not, Hindu nationalists now call for the creation of anti-Romeo squads and a kind of moral police force has been born. Religious violence is also generated by cow vigilantes who forcibly ban cow slaughter, search homes and vehicles, set up checkpoints on roads and in some cases lynch people involved in the beef industry. Cow vigilantism has become a convenient cloak for brutality and murder in the name of the sacred cow. Yet Hinduism and Judaism also have techniques and strategies for overcoming violence. For example, the traditional and most common Jewish response to violence is based on the prophet Jeremiah. 
Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all the captivity whom I have caused to be carried away captive from Jerusalem unto Babylon. Seek the peace of the city whither I have caused you to be carried away captive, and pray unto the Lord for it, for in the peace thereof shall you have peace. For its part, Hinduism accepts that more than one path leads to God, more than one path is true. The Hindu concept of ahimsa, non-violence, also comes to mind, based on the realisation that we are not separate from the world around us. You might complain that these fine words are good in theory, but where do we find them in reality? Are there actual examples? Let me point you to two very different examples, one Hindu and one Jewish. For most of his career, political and military, Yitzhak Rabin regarded Palestinians as the enemy and pursued violence to secure victory over them. In time, his experience convinced him this was unachievable. I've learned something in the last two and a half months, Rabin told a group of Labour Party colleagues in 1988 during the first Intifada. Among other things, you can't rule by force over one and a half million Palestinians. In other words, if you seek respect, you must give respect. And Rabin was killed because he sought respect for Palestinians and argued that if you ask for tolerance, you must demonstrate tolerance. For his part, Mahatma Gandhi devoted his life to achieving political ends through peaceful activities, including, of course, against the British. A year after India had won its independence, Gandhi sought reconciliation between Hindus and Muslims by travelling to Delhi, where he began a fast for Muslim rights. Like Prime Minister Rabin, he too was murdered by his own religious community, in this case by a Hindu nationalist. Both Rabin and Gandhi lost their lives at the hands of co-religionists to overcome violence. Both were killed because of their vision of an open, pluralistic country. And whilst India and Israel remain some way away from their goal, they realise their society cannot be sustained by hate or violence. No redemption was ever brought by violence, but until we learn this, religion will remain one of the great threats to the peace of the world. Why? Because religion is a cause of, as well as a solution to, violence.